Hello, and welcome back to another new episode of Juror Number One. I do apologize about the delay. Um, if you don't know, I do play music as well, and I was uh, on tour over in the UK and Ireland, and it was wonderful. Met a ton of amazing new people. They were so welcoming and kind. So I am glad to be back home in the States, though. So here I am, and I'm back, and I'm ready to talk to y'all. So this episode is another one of those terrifying ones where you think, oh, my God, is this real? So here we go. This case starts off in West Virginia in 2001. A woman, she was 83 years old, was asleep at home, and all of a sudden, someone was in her house. And this man held a knife to her throat and said, this is a robbery, I just need money, and that's it. So, being an elderly woman, she didn't have a ton of means, so she said, my purse is over there, you can take whatever you want. Well, all she had was $9 in her purse. So, the man proceeded to take it out on her and beat her and raped her brutally. This poor 83-year-old woman, a travesty is what happened to her. So the man left, and she called um, one of her relatives and explained what happened, and the police show up. And she explains what happened. She said, a man came in and held a knife to my throat, and I didn't have any money, so he raped me. Well, there was a lot of evidence there, so they start their investigation. So a week goes by, and a young man was arrested on a string of unrelated break-ins throughout the neighborhood. His name was Joseph Buffy. So the police thought, this man's out breaking into houses. I don't know where they drew this conclusion, but they said, this has to be our guy. Really? Just because you're breaking into houses doesn't mean you're a violent criminal who's raping an 83-year-old woman, right? Surely this will be, it's a big misunderstanding, and he'll get a lawyer, and they'll describe that he couldn't possibly have done it. But they question him anyway. And again, it's one of those long, long interrogations. Hours and hours go by. They don't give him anything to drink or anything to eat. And finally, he just says, you know what? I did break into that house. I don't remember hurting her, but that's what you guys want me to say. So there it is. Really? That's what you're going to pin everything on is a confession after all this time. Well, it's going to get even more strange, guys, so, so hold on here. 
So what happens next is they do charge him with this break-in and rape. And the prosecutor says, guess what? We got DNA from the scene because the person who raped this woman left semen behind and we have it. And guess what, man? You're going to jail forever. Well, Joseph didn't have a very competent attorney. So he sets Joseph down and he says, well, this is pretty bad, man. They have DNA. And if we don't cop a plea here, you're going to spend, which is so nuts how they do this. He says 200 to 300 years in jail. 200 years. Yeah. So Joseph's like, I was forced into that confession. I immediately, as soon as they left that interrogation room, I said, I didn't do it. I only said that because that's what you guys wanted to hear. But his attorney says, that doesn't matter. We got to figure this out or you're going to really spend the rest of your life in jail. You need to start thinking about what life you can have after this. And Joseph sits there and he thinks and he thinks and he's like, from all the evidence that the prosecution says they have, what other option do you have? I mean, what do you do in this situation? If, if, uh, if a district attorney is telling you, hey, we have DNA from the scene and you're going to go to jail for 200 to 300 years, even though you didn't do it, we have a signed confession. We have this evidence, man. You need to start thinking about what's next. So Joseph's attorney, who again was not a good attorney at all, convinces him to plead guilty and take a plea. Crazy, right? Imagine being so far backed up against a wall that you're willing to confess to a rape of an 83-year-old woman. And he did. And his attorney told him that if he does this plea, he's only going to get maybe 15 years. He was 18 at the time. You know, he could still get out and live a life. But that's not what happened. He was sentenced to 70 years in prison for this. And now he's like, oh my God, what the hell did I just do? So he's sent away to spend probably the rest of his life in jail. I mean, he would be 88 years old whenever he got out. This is the end of his life for something that he knows he didn't commit. It's unbelievable, right? So what happens is years go by. Years. And finally, he's up for parole. And they dismiss his parole because he wouldn't attend sex offender classes. Because why? Because he knows that he's not a sex offender. 
So, this is about 12 years later. He finally reaches out to the Innocence Project and is like, hey, this I didn't do this. I had terrible counsel. And I need help. I need to get out of here. So, they start looking into his case. And this, oh, wow, is this scary. Well, when they look into the case, they go back to when the prosecution said, we have DNA evidence. You need to sign this guilty plea. Well, guess what that DNA evidence found out? They knew then... In 2001, they knew then that the DNA did not match Joseph. What? Yes, when they said they had DNA evidence, they just they didn't tell him that it wasn't his. They just said they had it. They lied to him. It made this man confess to a crime he didn't commit based on lies. Joseph also had an airtight alibi where he had checked into this hotel and he was there and didn't leave during the night this happened. So this man has been in jail for over a decade for a crime that all of the evidence points to somebody else. What are we doing here, guys? What? How... How is this justice? Getting a conviction doesn't bring peace to the family if it's not a real conviction. These people knew, they knew for a fact that it wasn't Joseph. And they still sentenced him to 70 years in jail. But things were starting to change. They retested the DNA again. And guess what they found? Not only did it prove that Joseph did not do it, 100% sure did not do it, but they got a hit in the database for a man who was already in jail for breaking into houses and abusing women, and he lived just blocks away from where this crime took place. So, Joseph's going to get out of jail, right? Oh, not yet. Crazy, right? They still wouldn't overturn the conviction. Because he signed and he said that he was guilty. How, how is this happening to people still? How? With the technology that we have, How? It would take years after this for him to finally get his day in court again. It's shocking. You have a prosecutor that lied at the beginning of the trial and said that we have the DNA. You got to sign this. We have the officers that interrogated him for hours without food or water to make him sign a false confession. He has an alibi where he couldn't have done it. We have DNA evidence that proves that a man with a history of breaking in places and committing horrible acts to women, we have for sure his DNA 
on the victim. And still they won't let Joseph out of jail. Can you, does that, it doesn't process in my mind that this is real. So finally, years later, they said they're going to give him another trial. And they released him on bond, thank God. And they still wanted to pursue these charges against him. Finally, they said, how about this? You enter an Alfred plea. Which is also one of the craziest things, too. It's They're making him sign something that says, the prosecution has enough to possibly convict me. So... It's kind of like no contest, I believe. I didn't go to law school, okay? So not only is all the evidence pointing to for sure he didn't do it, he still has to sign this paper that attaches him to this crime for the rest of his life. So when it was all said and done, Joseph spent 14 years in jail for something that he for sure didn't commit. Yeah, I understand it was the wrong place at the wrong time for him. For I mean, he was out breaking into houses. I mean, he's not an angel, of course, but he didn't do this. It just makes me terrified of sometimes this the legal system where, again, someone will go after a conviction instead of the truth. And this poor woman... This whole time, her attacker was living on the streets while an innocent man was taken away from his family. It's a crazy story, guys, but thank God he's out of jail. And the true criminal is in jail, but it took over almost a decade and a half for this to happen. Crazy story. But anyway, that's this week's episode And since we were gone for a couple weeks, I'm going to be releasing a couple more this week, even crazier stories. So thanks for listening again and share, subscribe, all that fun stuff. And we'll be back with some special episodes this week. So thanks for listening to Juror Number One. Farewell.